This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by... Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together, as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD, or CBD distillate, tends to be more potent and last longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in, so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things, like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors. Uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. Ooh. So... If this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Creative Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. Tables, ladders, and chairs, oh my! Welcome back to another episode of Headlock Talk where we break down the TLC review. Yes, lots of tables, lots of ladders, lots of chairs, and... Fantasy Warfare quarterfinals. Let's do this. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Headlock Talk. Oh snap! Oh snap! Indeed, uh, Stephen. Obviously, with the delayed odes, oh snaps. That's becoming a common theme here. Yeah, yep. I am, of course, the Texas gentleman Tanner Pruitt, and as always, across from me, my right hand man, the man with the plan, the one and the only, Mister Stephen Crudy. Well, hello there. Hello, Stephen. What's going on? Uh, nothing much, man. Quite the show tonight. Quite the show. Mm. Yeah, TLC review. You know, what did you think overall about tonight's show here, Stephen? Uh, definitely had some good spots for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. definitely some good matches. I really uh, was a big fan of the match on the pre-show mm-hmm. with um, Umberto Carrillo and uh, Andrade. I thought that was a really good match. Also, the match between Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy was very, very good. Um, but then we also got things like Rusev versus Lashley. Uh, mm. and, and so uh, 
very very low lows in the show uh, yes but very high highs as well Ex- so. exactly I, I was just about to say that um you know so a lot of what our colleagues have said uh this evening is that the high points were very good but the low points were were quite low as you had just previously said right um what did you think of the show i thought it was i thought it was all right for mm-hmm. the most part it wasn't the worst show i've ever seen obviously i mean of course there's many other shows no that heroes are... of wrestling yeah absolutely <laughs> heroes of wrestling namely uh there's a lot of shows that i would put ahead of this as being the worst show i've ever seen but um i mean this was not an uh, a, an inspiring pay-per-view show especially mm-hmm. not one that would get me amped up for royal rumble uh so i, th- I think we're gonna have to do that ourselves this year <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, but i i think that um you know for what it's worth a lot of the good stuff that happened um was really really good um so i i guess let's get into it here steven mm-hmm um yeah we are obviously uh the show here at TLC uh Minneapolis Minnesota here uh, Minnesota ho- home of of Brock Lesnar Breck Breck Lesnar Bork Lozenge Bork Lozenge yeah uh yes uh Brock Lesnar's hometown and yet he's nowhere to be found thank god mm. interesting uh, that if Brock Lesnar was at the show, it would have just pushed it over the edge as a terrible show for me. Right. I mean, it is kind of strange. I mean, the, 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 this show here is not very far away from Survivor Series per se, mm-hmm. uh, but they literally gave no effort into putting up a WWE Championship match uh, at all. Nor did they really appeal to somebody becoming a number one contender. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the show itself almost. Uh, Almost seemed like a throwaway from storyline perspectives, mm. really. Uh, I mean, obviously, you did have, I, I guess, I, maybe the ending of the the Lashley Rusev storyline. Mm. Um, I, I guess, but at, at the same time, it just it just poses more questions for a lot of them, and, and it doesn't really tie anything together storyline wise. Mm. It, it almost seems like they're just uh, biding time till Rumble. I would say so. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, the show opened here, the pre-show, really, uh, Humberto Carrillo took on Andrade, uh, in a, actually a pretty nicely well-paced opener here. Mm-hmm. If this was on the main show, this would actually get, uh, I would say, a pretty good amount of attention, to be perfectly honest. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the, this match totally could have been, uh, on the main card, uh, for the show as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Andrade, Humberto Carrillo, they're not like the... The big guys that everyone comes to see or whatever, but the the match itself was very very good. Yeah, um, and, and it and it continued this thing here, and uh, again, I I know it's not the commentary team's fault, but the this continued theme of oh this Andrade and Zelina, you know they're they're you know coming to a a cliff in their relationship as manager and and wrestler. Are we gonna have another Lashley, you know, and Lana and Rusev situation? And I was like, Jesus, like, come on now, one's well, it, enough. It, <laughs> it'd be fine if they made that joke once. Yeah, but they made it several times in the match, as well as even in the uh, the actual Lana uh, or the Rusev and Lashley match. Mm. They specifically talked about this as well. It's mm. just like. 
they're not related okay <laughs> keep them separate it's fine you know yeah i mean most of your people who plug into social media quite clearly know that zelina vega is married to alistair black one would hope yeah i, I would say if i'm spoiling that for anybody out there i yeah, apologize spoiler alert <laughs> yeah I, I greatly apologize you know the internet's a great resource um, it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, this was actually um, a, a very well-paced match. I really enjoyed uh, the technicality and the, the, the high-flying spots. Uh, Andrade plays a great Rudo, of course. Mm. Um, Umberto Carrillo, he's picking up some of his uh, momentum from his series with AJ Styles. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see this match a lot more, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opener of the main show for TLC, uh, New Day, uh, Big E Langston, and uh, Kofi Kingston uh, took on The Revival, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought this match was actually, uh, per honestly speaking, probably the match of the night. Really? I, I would say, yeah, for what it's worth... Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's probably the most competitive match, the one with the most uh, action in it. Uh, the spots that they had um, were very, very good and very well done. Uh, it did look dangerous in parts, as do all ladder matches. Right. Um, all the good ones. All the good ones, of <laughs> course. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, Kofi displayed a lot of really awesome athleticism. Uh, a few spots where he would, like, uh, jump uh, like right over the bottom rope, like roll in uh, uh, back into the ring, spring off the ropes, and then like I think he got caught by uh, uh, Dawson and, and Wilder, and, and they smashed him with the ladder, and then he repeated the move a few minutes later, and then sacrificed himself by like splashing onto uh, the ladder mm -hmm. um, and, and taking out both members of the revival. Um, yeah, I mean, just overall, I think a very exciting match. Yeah, yeah. If, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of the, one of the high points of the entire show, for sure. Uh, it's definitely a really solid, uh, match. I think for me personally, Kofi kind of carried this entire match on his back, um, mm. in, in my opinion. Um, I know that the Revival was very talented and Biggie's very talented, but for me, the Revival just seemed very scattered, uh, throughout the match, hmm. whereas uh, Biggie, he just and obviously he's a big dude. Like his his name's Big, Big you know, E, yeah. But yeah. he just seemed so much slower than he normally does, and he and hmm. he was kind of just he was there for a spot, and then he would leave, and then he'd come back for a spot, and then he would leave. Um, and, and I'm just nitpicking, you know. Right, right off the bat, I do like this match. Like mm -hmm. you said, it was very exciting. It had some really good spots. Uh, I do think that Kofi was the the breakout breakaway star from this match, though, for sure. Mm. Well, and and I think that part of that is with the psychology of the match, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they're taking out Big E because he's the the, the biggest person in the match, and, right? You know, I mean, the spots that he was involved in were pretty, you know, high risk spots or spots where a lot of damage was being done. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, he had a huge uh, move. Um, I think it was like midway or towards the end of the match where he like he like speared. He, I can't remember if it was either Dawson or Wilder. Like through the ropes and out uh, out of the ring. Uh, very dangerous, but it looked really really awesome. It did. Um, Big, Big E really is a, a a big star, and I would hope that he'd be the next one out of New Day to break out. Really, for sure. Yeah. Um. 
Ultimately here, New Day retained the tag team titles over the Revival here, Steven. Uh, good move. Do you, you like this move here by uh, WWE to have uh, the New Day retain? I, I think so, yeah. Uh, just because, you know, I, I think it was a freaking sin how they how they dealt with Kofi um, <laughs> and, and the ending of his title reign, which was a very, very good title reign. Mm. Um, so I, I think keeping some gold on Kofi is definitely the way to go right now, especially mm. for the, the fans really. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, cool. No, I, I, I can, I can see eye to eye with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing these guys go again. Um, you know, the revival, you know, they're a very handy tag team. It's going to be a real sad day for WWE's tag division when the revival decide to finally jump ship, I think. Yeah. Um, Alistair Black up next, taking on Buddy Murphy. Yes. Now, this was also a very, very good match, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, a lot hinged on this match, I believe, because, you know, it, it, it you know, it, what's the right way of putting it here? I love both of these guys, right? Right. But they're kind of in like raw purgatory right now. Um, there's so many things that I wish that they did leading up to this, right? It was the, the story was literally Buddy Murphy came and knocked on Alistair Black's door and challenged him to a fight. That's it, mm-hmm. right? I think had both men, I guess, just dominated, you know, a, a lot of the maybe lower tier you know, workers on the roster or maybe some of the the uh, cruiserweights on the roster. Maybe just come out, each man just squashing week after week for the four to six weeks that this was built up for. I think that would have been great. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely would have put a little bit more weight on the match for sure. Right. Two guys going on a huge hot streak, taking on each other. Mm-hmm. Instead, we get a fairly cold Aleister Black versus a somewhat lukewarm... Uh, you know, Buddy Murphy here. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the match itself was great, hard hitting stuff. Alistair Black uh, had either some jaw damage done or a broken nose or both. At least a broken nose. Yeah, yeah, definitely at least a broken nose. Um, and and Buddy Murphy didn't get out of this scot clean either. Um, but uh, some of the sequences in this match were just outstanding. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very high level stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like New Japan level esque stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I 100 percent agree. For me, this is my match of the night. Mm. Um, I, I, man, th- this match was just really, really killer. And when you when you look on paper, Buddy Murphy versus Alistair Black, mm. th- this match is what I envision out of that. You know, mm. it, it went it, in all the right ways. It went exactly how I thought it would go. Mm-hmm. Um, Buddy Murphy is extremely talented. Alistair Black's on another freaking level, really. Mm. Uh, but seeing Buddy Murphy be able to exchange reversals and strikes at the same level that Alistair Black can do mm. uh, for really the entire match was mm. really, really awesome to see. What I would like to see from from this here is Buddy Murphy, uh, you know, maybe comes out on Raw. You know, he's looking a little bit rough. You know, uh, he's asked how his match went last night, and he just kind of scoffs and, uh, you know, and, and walks away. Alistair Black has another match on Raw, dominates, and then Buddy Murphy comes out, and he's really upset and angry with Alistair and says, you know, just kind of like how maybe back in the day uh, when Cesaro challenged Sheamus 
or vice versa, to a best of seven series. Mm-hmm. That got both guys over, and it was a very, very good series. I would like to see that here. I would like to see them rehash that, do a best of seven between Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy. That'd be cool. To help get both of these guys even more over. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that idea for sure. Especially, like you said, with, with both guys being built up, and then mm-hmm. they kind of just announced this match and then didn't really do anything with them. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to, to keep that momentum going, you mm-hmm. know, without... You know, obviously, Alistair won this one. Mm. Uh, that, that's a good way to keep it going without just completely burying Buddy. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to keep Buddy alive <coughs> at this point, right? Because right. even though he lost, he he was in spectacular uh, form here tonight. Mm-hmm. And so so was Alistair. And you really and truthfully, really and truthfully, they advertise these guys. And I know they advertise a lot of stuff that they don't back up, but. You know, they promoted these guys along with Andrade as being like, hey, these, this is a really big deal. This is like the next generation of like raw megastars. Right. And yet we see hardly any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we see angles with Seth Rollins and the AOP or, you know, this, you know, Lana and Lashley and Rusev nonsense, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, this here is a great example of what they should be doing more of, um, and I hope that they do heed our word here on this, Stephen. Yeah, no, for sure. Very, very solid match. Yeah, I think my favorite, just real quick, I think my favorite part of this match, obviously pretty much from start to finish, it was fantastic, uh, but the finish of mm-hmm. the match was fantastic because mm-hmm. both guys were just in the center of the ring, Trading strikes, trading strikes. It's looking really, really even. Mm. And then Alistair Black hits one really solid forearm, sends Buddy, you know, just kind of groggy a little bit. Wheeling back. And then, bam, a black mass out of nowhere. One, two, three, matches over. Yeah. I, I think WWE puts a little too much weight on trying to make the finishes of match matches feel huge. Yeah. And then you, get, you end up with this long-winded finish that's like a minute and a half long of both guys just like, ugh. Uh, and then a finisher, and then it and then it finally ends. But with this one, it's just like bam, 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 bam. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> like, it, like it ended with a with a great sequence. It wasn't like oh, he hit the big move, right? Right? Like I, uh, yeah. I, I I can't stand it when those when WWE matches do that, where it's mm-hmm. like he hit the big move. No, this was just an awesome crescendo up to the finish, and then boom, it was done. And it was like that's perfect. You, exactly, you, you nailed it. And I would love to see even more of that between these two. I hope Buddy Murphy can, can, can get a win back. I hope Alistair can 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 look solid. I hope they continue this feud into this, hopefully, a best-of-seven series. Absolutely. Great match. Great chemistry between the two. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we've drooled all over the two opening matches, uh, let's move on to, I think, what may have been the turning point in the evening. <laughs> yes. So, um, they have this kind of KFC promotional oh kind of thing God. going on where I, I think it was a family or maybe it was complete strangers. They're all taking part in some kind of KFC feast at ringside. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course uh, they have uh, the, the Viking Raiders, the, the, the war Raiders rather uh, come down to the ring. You to, mean the Viking experience? Yes. That one. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, they come down to the ring and issue an open challenge, which is promptly answered by the OC. Mm-hmm. Yes, the 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 drama from 10 years ago from Fox. Yes, the cast of the OC came out and answered nice. the Viking Raiders challenge. Nice. No. <laughs> yes, no. Uh, Carl Anderson and uh, Luke Gallows 
of course, answered the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, the match was short, thankfully, I think. I mean, it was fine. It was just kind of there. Dude, literally nothing happened in the entire <laughs> match. It, it was just so, so slow mm. all the way through. Mm. Literally all the way through. You know, we talked about the Alistair uh, Black Buddy Murphy match ending in this beautiful crescendo. Mm. This just like started stale and then just fizzled out. It, it was just so not good. Yes, much like the KFC buckets that were probably there at ringside. Uh, <laughs> and, and that just added to the general nonsense that, that was this match, honestly. And you have the Viking Raiders coming out at the beginning, and they're like, let the raid begin. It's yeah. like, what is this, a video game? Yeah. And, and then you have Carl Anderson calling them like lame-ski. Yeah, lame What is happening? And you got people eating KFC by the ringside. <laughs> it's like, man, not do you, even. In, do you want me to yeah. care about this match? Yeah, like, not, it looks like you're making me not care about it. Like you're trying <laughs> to make me not care about this match. It's so weird. It, it was a very odd match, and it ultimately ended with a double countout, um, which great finish. Yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> Whoever planned this, yeah, th- round of applause. Um, and then, of course, Carl Anderson gets driven through uh, a table and gets covered in some gravy, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> I-, I took a Valium. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wrote this segment did. Yeah, uh, apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, the next match up here, surprisingly early, King Corbin taking on Roman Reigns in a TLC match. Now, of course, there's nothing suspended above the ring here. Just, you know, uh, the the pride of both men mm. and my longing desire for a better pay-per-view. Uh... <laughs> okay, so I know I said the last match was slow. Yeah, yeah. go for it, Steve. Uh, this match... Brings a whole new meaning to the word word slow. Yeah. Um, I literally have in my notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that match was awful. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Jeez. Roman. I'm sorry, Corbin. Uh, but I know both of y'all can do better than that. And uh, my God. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think Roman was fine. Um, and, and even even Baron Corbin was fine. Um, I just don't like the chemistry that these two have. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, for what it's worth, I do have some positive notes here. Awesome. Lay, lay them on me. Um, personal take here, and I think you actually brought this up, uh, Baron Corbin's deep six is a sick-looking move. and It is. It's been around for a while, right? He's always had it. He's always used it. But it's a sick-looking move. It it looks far more uh, more effective and more dangerous uh, and, and more brutal, perhaps, than the, uh, what is it he calls it, the end of days? Yeah, and I think he pulls it off a lot better than yeah. he does the end of days or the chokeslam, for that matter. And visually, it's a lot better. Yes. Um, so, I mean, yeah, if I was Baron Corbin's writer or agent or whoever backstage i'd be like start closing the match with the deep six Mm -hmm. 
that see looks... that that's the kind of that's the kind of move that you can protect very very heavily yeah and have it be and have it get a huge pop every single time yeah. you see it because it's very flashy it's very like what the fuck is going on yeah you know so like if you were to actually prop that move up to where it should be yeah. and protect it very heavily i think it'd be freaking awesome yes oh i i completely agree i completely agree um that's uh that's that's about the positive that i have here <laughs> yeah um uh, dolph ziggler and the revival get involved somehow in this match um there was gonna be a dog food spot but then there was not on roman which yeah, was strange yeah it was on one of the security guards and it was, I, it was on a timekeeper was it on the timekeeper yeah yeah he just like Corbin just like randomly went and attacked the timekeeper and like threw him over the barricade hmm. and then him and Dolph were going to handcuff him and and put dog food on him hmm. which I I just don't understand I, at I don't, all. Yeah, I I don't get that. Anyways, Wh- whatever. <laughs> um so this is a 4 on 1 attack. Uh Roman obviously against all odds, he starts playing Superman. He gets Baron Corbin put into position for the spear, and Dolph Ziggler throws a chair at his face. Uh, This is again followed by an end of days onto the chair, in which Corbin says, Owie, my elbow, and then he he, (laughs) he pins uh, Roman Reigns uh, for the three count. Um, I mean, look, like I said, I don't like that these two, their chemistry that they have. I don't like uh, that they keep trying to have this match. Because this actually was proposed like this time last year, too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Baffling. Um, well, I mean, it doesn't help me personally. And this is just like a me thing. Mm. I don't like either of them, personally. Mm. Like, it, I don't know. It, it, I, I, hey, I, if I you're like, a Roman fan, great. If yeah. you like King Corbin, that's awesome. I'm just not a fan of, of either of them, really. Mm. And so seeing a lackluster match, in my opinion, seeing a lackluster match from two guys that I just really don't care for, I I was just waiting for the three count. I mean, I don't mind Roman, per se. Yeah. I, I actually like Roman a lot, personally. Um, Corbin, it's either here or there. He seems, both men seem a lot more personable when they're not on like WWE scripting, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, but that's that's yeah. everybody, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. I guess that is true, right? Um, we then get a very um, odd match. Yes, a very strange one. Um, Bray Wyatt versus The Miz. Mm-hmm. Now. Bray Wyatt's been kind of harassing the Miz and his family, making this all very personal. Like photoshopped his face on like a, a family photo from the Miz, <laughs> right? And then he like puts this toy in like um, Miz's daughter's crib, mm-hmm. and there's like the buzzard is there, and like all this kind of very strange stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean this uh, the video package that you would see for this match kind of explains everything here. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is kind of, um, I don't know. It, 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 the, the flow of the match is very strange, right? Because mm-hmm. you have the Miz come out, and I'm super nitpicking here, but considering the level of how personal this feud got, I'd prefer if the Miz came out 
And instead of doing his shtick with the goggles and the bandana and all the glitz and him doing the 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 Miz pointing off into the the crowd or whatever, uh, that he just walk out stoic faced, just like ready to go, right? Yeah, I mean I agree with that. Um, now he did look quite stoic and defiant as. <laughs> Bray Wyatt's music hit. Right. Right. And it's not the Fiend music. It's the, you know, the 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 theme song to, you know. We're so glad that we're all friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and Bray is very happy and excited to be there. Um, he's, he's like. wearing the blue belt. He's wearing the blue belt. We called it, just saying. Absolutely. Uh, he's shaking hands with people in the audience and taking selfies with people, and the crowd is really up for, for Bray Wyatt. Mm. Definitely got the most crowd reaction of the whole time of the whole night, yep. I would say. Um, maybe outside of Becky Lynch, I would say, per- perhaps. But, uh, so Bray gets in the ring, and he doesn't really want to fight The Miz, right? And The Miz is kind of just like, you know, come at me, you know, and he yeah, like yeah. starts starts beating up on Bray, you know, and, and Bray just kind of, like, takes it defenseless, right? And at one point, <laughs> he starts taking off Bray Wyatt's sweater, mm-hmm. and that's when I turned to you and I was like, that sweater's filled with lithium. <laughs> it's it's just keeping Bray under control, yeah. and, and he just started snapping after that sweater got taken off mm-hmm. and he would kind of come in and out of this like like he's happy yet demented and yet you know like angry and then like he would phase through these emotions and swing erratically mm-hmm. and that's cool on a character scale for us at home for for the for the crowd there live they they probably could hardly see anything like that right right and, and I'm glad you brought that up just because with with all of the Fiends matches, really, they, they run into this problem. Maybe not even a problem, but... So, here, here's here's my thought. Um, the Fiends matches are almost on a different scale. Like, on a different level. Not like a better level, necessarily, but just a different level. Mm. Because a lot of the match is his character. It's not necessarily the moves he's doing, or the way the match itself is being played out. It, it's a lot of what his character is doing. Yes. And, and that that's a lot of the... In fact, that's like 90% of this match is what what is happening with Bray, what is happening with The Fiend. Um, so for me, I will say, just from a character standpoint, yeah. um, I, I thought the match was great. I, I thought it was really good. This is honestly one of the one of the best Fiend matches that he's had, I think, because of Bray Wyatt matches. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this character. Yes. Uh, definitely one of the better ones from him seeing a lot more character development. We do they do kind of hint that like maybe Bray and the Fiend aren't the same person. Right. Uh, which is also interesting. Right. Like they they had this this thing where it was like towards the end of the match. It was after the match. Was it after? Okay. Yeah. 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 Bray hits the sister Abigail and pins the Miz. And then like he goes and he looks up at the monitor and then there's the the Fiend's face. Mm-hmm. Right? And the fiend is staring back at Bray, and and Bray's like, "Oh, oh okay, I'll do it. Right, I'll right. do it." And he goes out uh, and gets the mallet from under the ring, mm-hmm. and he goes to 
do a Gallagher on The Miz. <laughs> and um, that's when the lights kind of flickered and turned off. And it was like, oh, is The Fiend going to come out? Or right. is he going to turn into The Fiend? Like, what's going to happen? Uh, well, this is a trick. Uh, uh, when the lights came back on, a hooded figure wearing blue jeans, I believe, yes. uh, appeared in the ring. And he goes and hits a high running knee. And he... Interesting. I wonder who else does high running knees. I, I don't know, Stephen. Yeah. That's very interesting. Maybe Kinta. I don't know. Ah. ah. <laughs> They've re-signed him after all. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, no, of course, uh, the hooded figure reveals that it is none other than the American Dragon version of Daniel Bryan. Yes. Yes, the American Dragon, you know, uh, obviously shaved, more shaven-headed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, still rocking the beard. He looks, he looks great. Like that, like getting that haircut. I know how it affects me when I shave my head. It takes like ten years off my look. Right, right. Um, and it did the same for Daniel Bryan. He looked like a, a rejuvenated, more young man for sure. <laughs> um, so it was nice to see him, and uh, he prevents uh, the. <coughs> Apparent murder yeah. <laughs> attempt on the Miz, <laughs> um, which is is good. Uh, Bray then disappears, and uh, you know the uh, American Dragon was left standing tall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, all in all, uh, from from a story and character perspective, this match was great. Um, mm-hmm. From the actual like what happened wrestling wise in the mm-hmm. ring, yeah, it was fine. You know, it was okay. but but like I said, I I kind of rate. The Fiends slash Bray Wyatt's matches on a, on a different scale, uh, so I really enjoyed it. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it. Oh well, thanks, man. <laughs> um, the 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 match that preceded or that followed this rather, uh, tables match. I have it here written tables match for Lana's love, but not really yet. Kinda sorta. Yep. Um, sums it up. R- Rusev versus Lashley. If Lashley wins, he's going to propose to um, Lana. And in the pre-show, I believe they interviewed Rusev and they asked him how he felt about all of that. And he simply said, well, that's good because I wouldn't have to pay alimony. Right. So we're basically told there's no stakes here. There's no reason for you to care about this. Yeah. Just watch these two beefcakes put each other through tables. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what I got out of this here. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's pretty accurate. I'd say. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, it it feels accurate at yeah. least. Um, so I I really don't have too much to say about this. Uh, my notes literally read: this match was a tables match, <laughs> and the winner is declared victorious. Um, <laughs> uh, seriously though, um, they worked relatively hard uh, during this match here i would say uh props to both guys for taking this match as serious as they possibly could yeah um at one point uh rusev uh gets put through a guardrail which was nuts looking mm-hmm. um and uh then he gets beaten with a kendo stick i believe yep. uh the finish here uh rusev attempts to make a comeback lana interferes lashley throws rusev through a table after a botched spear through the table. I'm glad you mentioned that. I was going to mention that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The match was fine. It, like, I don't 
care about what's happening mm. uh, outside of the, that match mm-hmm. uh, and everything that's led up to it. Uh, I don't care. I, I just don't care at all. Let's, and uh, yeah. the the match itself was fine. You know, that's that's fine. It was, it was all right. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Look, uh, it, like I said, it was a tables match. It was, and yeah. the, and the winner was declared victorious. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because Bobby Lashley won the match, but he didn't propose. Right. Well, we didn't get to see the proposal. Perhaps he proposes tomorrow on Raw. Yeah. Mm. Or he did backstage, and we get some kind of something on Twitter. I don't know. Perhaps. Yeah. You know, that's what they tend to do. I just I don't care. Uh, Good on you guys. I guess you did it. You did it. <laughs> I mean, thanks for going through a going through a barricade. That was nuts. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Rusev. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next sequence here: Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin are brawling backstage. I guess they. Uh, still had hard feelings after their match. Mm. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, you you get this like this like you've got like the new day backing up Roman, and there's like Chad Gable, he's there in the mix, um, and then you've got like Ziggler and you know the revival and all this madness is occurring. But for whatever reason, Chad Gable is like beating up Buddy Murphy, and it's like. There's there's no reason for that. Like I mean, Buddy there, Murphy literally isn't on that show. Well, I mean, there's no reason for either of y'all to be here. <laughs> like to to even be here at all, let alone fighting each other yeah, like, in the midst of all this chaos. Yeah, yeah like what stakes did you have in this? Ah, like, and, and you just beat up on a poor pedestrian, Buddy Murphy, who probably wasn't doing anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he lost his match, man. Like, why yeah. you got to be beating up on him? Yeah, I, I put in the notes here, really rough night for Buddy Murphy. <laughs> for real, dude. Yeah. Um, Got turned on by Chad Gable. Yeah. Crazy. Shorty G. Yeah. What, what, what a time to yeah, be alive. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> main event, TLC uh, match for the women's tag titles. Uh, Becky and Charlotte versus the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, Steven, th- the first half of the match was relatively good. Mm-hmm. The second half of the match was relatively unhinged. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? I mean, I'm very conflicted on this match, just because, like you said, the the first half of it was really starting off very strong. Uh, definitely was was going somewhere. I think the, the part that really kind of slowed the momentum down and to a point that the match really never recovered from was uh, as soon as Becky Lynch got like tied to the ladder mm. uh, outside the ring, and then they they kind of just really didn't do anything with with that kind of angle there. Um, she was just away from the match for a little bit, and then seemingly for no reason she like hulks out of it at, at one point and, yeah, sh- and gets out of it. So it's like, why did you even? If she could just hulk out of it whenever she wanted, why did she wait all this time and have Charlotte get massacred? It it was um. I, I can actually explain that one. That that was um, so they put her on the ladder and tied her to the ropes to incapacitate her, of course, right, and then beat down on Charlotte and trying to win the match, right. Um, at one point, though, Charlotte is able to help loosen the ropes enough for Becky to Hulk out, uh, and the Kabuki Warriors try to beat down on Charlotte, but the ropes were loosened enough for Becky obviously to get out and to start to mount to come back mm. right i see okay. um but this match was great up for the first half mm-hmm. and then it started getting super sloppy and actually relatively dangerous in some parts here 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a spear spot that got botched where Charlotte tries to go for a spear, I believe, on Kyrie, and like she like halfway does the spear, and then like Kyrie like falls over, like she got hit by a car. But Charlotte's not on the ground; she's like in the like the deadlift position, like right. like like hunched over, and she's like, "Okay, I guess I did it. <laughs> like, I did it. I did it. Yeah." Um, <laughs> And, and then, like, I think there was another spot where there's a table on the outside, and Asuka goes to powerbomb Charlotte from the top rope to the outside. And Charlotte doesn't tuck her chin, mm-hmm. as you should do in a powerbomb position. And she, like, it looks like her head bounced off of the, the, oh, yeah. the floor. Yeah. There was also another spot where... Uh... Becky's like laid out on a table outside of the ring and Kyrie goes for her, her famous elbow. Um, I, I don't know what necessarily happened there. It looked like Kyrie maybe didn't have like enough, uh, grip like on the, the top rope to, to get a successful jump out of it, mm. but she kind of just like slams right on her ass yeah. and, and it looks extremely painful. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there were several spots like that in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really did like the, I, I guess the mannerisms and the, and the, the kind of heat that, uh, the Kabuki Warriors have, and and that they play up to their character. They do that very, very well. I think. I agree. Um, Charlotte and Becky's involvement—they kind of seem thrown together, but it, it, they make it seem logical. Um, uh, but yet you know that they're not really like, you know, partners. Like, right? Like, like they're not dyed in the wool partners on this one here. They're not necessarily on the same page. Um. I guess the finish comes when Becky tries to make a run for the belts. She starts climbing, and there is a bull rope attached to the ladder somehow, some way. That was the same rope that that she was tied up with. Yes. Yes. Um, How it got attached to the ladder, I don't quite remember. Asuka tied it. Asuka tied it. Very, very early on in the match, yeah. Okay. So I I think either Kyrie or Asuka pull on the rope, which causes Becky to bounce off of the ropes, kind of in like a hot shot kind of thing, incapacitates her, and then uh, the Kabuki Warriors uh, are able to uh, get up the ladder and get the titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then immediately following that match, <laughs> the backstage brawl between Team Roman and Team Corbin uh, somehow spills out into the arena, and... Uh, I think the the show goes off air with Roman spearing Corbin off of an elevated platform within the arena uh, onto a group of security people and like thirty guys. Yeah, like thirty people. So yeah. it's a big, it's a big kaboom spot, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, everybody's dead. Yep. So that's how TLC ended. Yeah. So a mixed bag of things here. Definitely a mixed bag. Uh started out very, very well. Uh, I think the fir- the two opener matches were really the the breakout matches for me on this card. Mm-hmm. Um I do think the main event had a lot of potential with it. And if they had continued going in with the momentum that they had in the first half of the match, I think it definitely could have been something special. Uh but all of the momentum kind of just got pulled out from underneath them. Mm-hmm. And then like you said, uh towards the end of the match it just caught kind of like I don't know, just a little disjointed, a little yeah. sloppy. I think people started forgetting their spots, and maybe you know some of the botches didn't help the situation. Right. So ultimately, it uh, it kind of fell apart. 
But, um, I mean, compared to maybe last year's TLC show, I found this a lot more easily digestible. Yes. Even though I prefer last year's main event with Charlotte, Becky, and Asuka in the three-way mm-hmm. as compared to this main event. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, so, definitely, I mean, if you're going to go ahead and check out TLC, definitely check out the first two matches. Mm-hmm. If you want to continue watching afterwards, I mean, it's uh, definitely your call. Yeah, good but on you, you. But you've heard our point of view from here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I yeah, hope you enjoy the show regardless. Yes. Um, m- on to uh, some uh, extra news here before we break out into the Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Major happenings uh, this weekend. Uh, NWA's Into the Fire was uh, last night. And Nick Aldis retained the title over James Storm, the NWA title, of course. Uh, he said that there's nobody who can beat me, and none other than Marty Skrull made his appearance and arrival in NWA. Yes. Uh, so, I think there's a lot of people out there who are like, is he not going to AEW? Is he going to AEW? What's the deal? I think that this is just a stop along the way, personally, Steven. Yes. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, if if you guys uh, tune into being the elite uh, every was it Tuesday? Mm, yeah, I think so. Um, if you guys tune into being the elite, there there's been a lot, like a lot of uh, little like Easter eggs and hints towards uh, Marty Scroll coming to AEW, mm. and AEW itself has a very meta way of going about uh, announcing people or or things like that and and so i don't think that they would go out of their way to tease something like this if it weren't going to happen if they Mm -hmm. weren't 100 percent sure that it is happening Mm -hmm. so yeah i I agree with you this is just just a stop along the way right right um i i think that it would be very good to for for nick aldis and uh Marty Scroll to have a match. Uh, they they had a, a decent rivalry in Ring of Honor, and I'd like to see that played out a little bit more, at least in the short term. Mm-hmm. This does not have to be a long-term thing here, uh, but I'm sure that AEW has a plan in place as to when uh, they're going to uh, debut him. Uh, we got tickets to go see AEW in Cedar Park on uh, February the 12th, 2020. I'm so pumped. Steven is excited i'm so pumped <laughs> uh i'm gonna have to put uh nxt on the dvr that week i guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but no i'm i'm super pumped as well i can't wait to see that i'm i'm over the moon about the prospect of hopefully seeing kenny omega live and mm-hmm. cody live and uh if know. i can see kenny omega and john moxley live i can die happy yeah they no. don't have to be in the same match but i'd love to see both of them yes absolutely um, and we're a long ways out from there, so there's a lot can ha- that can happen between here and there, Stephen. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Sin Cara, uh, in, in other related news here, uh, I think he wrestled in Mexico this past weekend as ah, well. okay. Still using the name Sin Cara. So I don't know if they um, just like didn't process the paperwork to have him not use the name in Mexico, or maybe if he's... A- Maybe he's allowed to use the name. I, I'm not quite sure. That's very um, strange. I mean, good for him. Yeah. I like the name Sinkar a lot, uh, but that that is very strange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be weird if uh, John Moxley debuted as Dean Ambrose <laughs> on, on AEW. You know, like I don't know. Oh, it's Dean Ambrose. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'd laugh. It hit the Shield music. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> 
um but yeah no that's uh that that's our news for the week uh ufc 245 was was badass 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 so for all of you mma fans out there uh i'm sure you already caught it um but if you can catch the replay out there uh, uh kamaru uzman versus colby covington was uh fantastic um uh, we we've got a new uh featherweight champion of course as well uh, Max Holloway fought his heart out to retain the title. Was not enough to retain against Volkanovski, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, very very good show. I would at least tune into it for the main event. It was uh, especially very very good. Mm. Um, but what also is very very good? What's that? These quarterfinals here for Fantasy Warfare 2019, Stephen. That is very good. We have a stacked card here yes. uh, for us to, to break down. Uh, let me uh, pull up uh, our little roster here. Let's okay. Yes, yes, yes. Four great matches for us to determine here today, Stephen. We've got John Moxley versus AJ Styles kicking this whole thing off. Mm-hmm. Now, John Moxley, he's coming off of uh, beating Johnny Gargano uh, in uh, the Block A uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ Styles has beaten Ishii. Both men have had very, very good years, mm-hmm. uh, very high impact. Uh, very, very different years, though, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you make of this matchup? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously... They wouldn't be on here if they weren't fantastic and if they weren't some of our favorites, you know. But there definitely does have to be a winner. Um, For me, though, it's kind of interesting because we're seeing almost the opposite dynamics play out between AJ Styles and John Moxley, Mm. where um, John Moxley, very talented wrestler in his own right, but has really, really elevated himself this year and and Mm. put on some matches this year that I I don't know if he... uh, would have been able to, you know, maybe a few years ago, right? Mm. Whereas with AJ Styles, it's kind of going the opposite way, where I, I think with AJ Styles, a lot of his best matches have been maybe a year or so ago, you know? Well, I thought you were going to go in this other direction, because it works in another way here, too, mm-hmm. with the exact, the, the exact words that you've said here. I feel like John Moxley, this year... Uh, in particular, I mean, all the stuff that that he had going on in WWE before he his contract expired, um, him coming to AEW, and then him 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 coming to New Japan, he's been punching above his weight this year and holding his own. Like he's been he's he's made a huge name for himself on an international level, mm-hmm. right? Um, whereas I think AJ. For all of his accomplishments, and he did have a lot of accomplishments this year. Um, uh, obviously, current United States champion, right? Um, John Moxley has outperformed many of his colleagues in a very surprising way in both AEW and in New Japan. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, John Moxley did win the U.S. title himself. He was he put over Shota Umino. Who's not even like he, he's 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 a young lion. He's mm-hmm. not he's not a big deal. But he buddied up with him and got him really over, mm-hmm. you know, j- just for for nothing. Um, and and, and now Shota Umino, I think he's in Rev Pro doing a little short stint there for his training. 
um, you know, I mean, Moxley hugely influential this year, and he was the big signing coming into or coming out of, I guess, uh, All Out. Mm-hmm. Major stuff happening here. So, um, I think f- for me, purely based on his G one performance and uh, his performances in New Japan, and of course his killer matches with uh, that that he's had in AEW so far. I mean, with Pack, with Kenny Omega. Uh, with everybody, uh, yeah, John Moxley for me is undeniable here in this matchup. Yeah, no, I mean I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to agree with you. It's gonna be uh, John Moxley for me as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All righty, cool. Well, um, sorry, AJ, I, I, I try to give you a better defense, but I mean the, the evidence is overwhelming. Here. Yes, yes. Commiserations to AJ Styles here. John Moxley is advancing here to the next round of Fantasy Warfare. Congratulations, sir. And he will be fighting in the next round uh, someone yet to be determined here. Okay. Uh, we're going to move over to uh, the B-block side of things here real quick. Okay. Okay. Um, we have The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, uh, taking on Kazushka Okada in a very interesting matchup here. Th- this would be a very interesting match for sure. I mean j- just playing off what I said about uh Bray's match in TLC, mm. a lot of his matches are are based on character, not mm. necessarily uh you know, raw wrestling ability, you mm. know. And the special thing about Okada is he can work with just about anything that you give him. Right. So I do- I have no doubt about it that he would like work and react to like certain things that are being done and like like play off of that a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if they were to have a match in the same vein as what we saw with uh, Bray versus The Miz, I do think it would have come off a lot better. Mm. Just because Okada's, I mean, he's the king of selling, you know? Mm. So I think he'd be able to sell not not only the moves that Bray's doing, but a lot of the, the character development that Bray's going through as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, o- Okada. I mean, people call Chris Jericho like the Rembrandt, right? Uh, of, of of wrestling. Okada's like a, a, a Mozart or a Van Gogh. Like he's he's like just about perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, the matchup itself. Um, I feel as though the Fiend has these kind of like unstoppable tendencies. Like he's like. You know, he's Michael Myers, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but o- Okada's just got so much prestige, and he's he's so good. And he's faced, no disrespect to The Fiend, but he's faced a lot more tougher adversaries than The Fiend before. Right, right. I think for me, where, where this really comes down is endurance of the match. Mm. And uh, obviously, like... For example, the uh, the Seth Rollins match uh, with the Fiend at Hell in a Cell, Seth Rollins almost beat him. You know, he 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 almost beat him. Yeah, he he literally attempted murder, and the referee stopped the match. Right, right. But if Seth Rollins can get there, Okada can freaking get. There. Oh, Okada would get there in like ten or twenty minutes shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and so I think that's the that's the biggest thing for me is that. Obviously, the fiend is just this this crazy unstoppable force. He's no selling moves left and right. Mm. But Okada has that endurance to just keep going on and on and on and on and on. Mm. And I think versus someone like the fiend, that is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, 
kind of leaning back towards the prestige of this, and I think I understand it here at this point that you and I are on the same page for this match here as well. Um, look, The Fiend has been a very influential and a very much a commercially driven character, right? Um, it's very on the nose, to be honest with you. Whereas Okada has been IWGP champion for a long, long time, for most of the year. And prior to that, he was also IWGP champion for a very, very long time, right? And there's a reason for that. It's because he's the best that that company has. Correct. And I think that means a lot. And I cannot, I, I cannot in good faith not vote for Okada here in this match. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I completely agree. I, I, that being said, I would love to see this match. It would uh, be quite, it would be quite interesting. It, it'd be very interesting <laughs> to watch, uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, for for me, uh, just based on the the endurance that that Okada holds, uh, it's gonna have to be Kazuchika Okada. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, then Kazuchika Okada advances to the next round here in B Block. Woo! And he'll be taking on the winner of this next contest mm-hmm. here. Okay. Um, last week, <laughs> um, I think we shocked a few people and surprised a few people by voting David Starr over Seth Rollins. Um, Did we really, though? Is that that surprising? Uh, I mean, if you know us, then you should have seen this coming. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, this week, he has an even greater task here, right? Uh, he is taking on Adam Cole, who defeated Bandito last week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, this would be a very interesting contest as well, because uh, while you know Adam Cole, Bebe, he's all about shocking the system. Uh, David Starr is all about breaking the system. Right. He wants to. He wants to rebuild the system. Mm-hmm. Um, David Starr, <clears throat> he had a match in progress uh, just today, and it's rumored. And this is all internet speculation, folks. I have no concrete evidence of this. I have nothing, you know, to to to, to back it up with. Okay, uh, there there's not footage to show you, but by some fan accounts there, who were at the show th- uh, th- this evening, they said that as David Starr lost in his match to Eddie Dennis for the Progress Unified Titles, he said, "I'm gonna miss you guys so much." He mouthed those words to the audience. So I don't know what's to be had about David Starr here, if he's going somewhere, if he's going to be maybe doing more full-time work in OTT, maybe PWG, maybe he's going someplace bigger. I don't know. I really can't see him going anywhere bigger, though. It it doesn't fit who he is. It doesn't fit his character. It doesn't fit who he is. Yeah. But it's very odd that he would say that. I mean, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning behind that is, if that is allegedly true. But but also, David Starr is is very good at uh, subverting expectations. You know, Um, like like we said, I don't I don't really know what's Mm -hmm. going on. But it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if uh, David Starr is just like trolling. You Uh, know, maybe maybe he is. Maybe is maybe he's just booked for for a bit. Yeah, yeah, and and he. uh, you know, he'll, he'll get back to progress sometime yeah. soon. Who knows? Just wanted to say some stuff to explode wrestling Twitter for a few weeks and then <laughs> and then just be on his merry way. Perhaps so. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a very interesting contest here. Both men 
would would definitely talk the crowd into this match, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like this would be the promos here would be brilliant. I think what we have here, David Starr, who's put on some amazing matches this year, is going up against a guy who might be one of the most top caliber guys that uh, any WWE brand has in Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. And Adam Cole also has the advantage of having the Undisputed Era at his disposal. Yes, yes. And I know we, we talk a lot of shit about shenanigans in matches mm-hmm. and things like that, but uh, that that almost goes hand in hand with who with what undisputed era is Mm -hmm. you know it's all about you know the i don't know brotherhood's not the right word yeah it's 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 uh i guess um strength and numbers exactly yeah strength and numbers and and with even with a match like this undisputed era is going to be there you know Mm -hmm. like they're they're going to be yeah the the pack mentality of undisputed era would be certainly a presence here and david star could fight fight it for sure um and and i think david star is a very much a technically adept wrestler uh to take it on is he strong enough to to deal with all of the members of undisputed era that's the that's the question of the match here and adam cole himself while david star has a very high iq in the ring adam cole might be either at that level or above that level compared to david star yeah yeah and i was gonna say that too i mean obviously you have undisputed era with with adam cole and of course they're gonna be there of course they're gonna be there to you know prop him up or whatever but adam cole is i mean he's freaking adam cole you know like right. like, like you said both of these guys have extremely high ring iq and i think the the interesting thing about this match in particular is how david star and adam cole you can see it in their matches where they're they're always thinking like a minute or two ahead of mm-hmm. what's going on right now and i think that's the reason why this match would be as good as it would be mm-hmm. if this match were to happen that being said though uh it, if i do have to pick one mm-hmm. uh based on everything i know about these guys i do see adam cole bringing mm-hmm. this in Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I tend to agree with that too. And that's again, I love David Starr. He's oh, one yeah. of my favorite wrestlers right now. One of my favorite wrestlers this year. I think he's certainly. We're we're gonna have our our 2019 end of year awards, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think he's certainly a contender for breakout of the year for oh, yeah. sure. Um, but with that said. For all the great matches that he's had, for him being the OTT champion, for having that great feud with Jordan Devlin, yes, yes. Um, you know Adam Cole, what he's done for NXT in just a year alone, what he's done for the NXT title this year alone, I mean the the man's been on fire. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you really can't <laughs> turn down Adam Cole here on this match. So I I agree. Uh, uh, with a heavy heart that Adam Cole would advance here in this match. So commiserations, of course, to David Starr yeah. here. I mean, I absolutely love having you in the tournament. I hope he comes back for 2020 yes. Fantasy Warfare. Uh, but um, Adam Cole, it seems as though, is our guy advancing here to the next round. Yep. And so Adam Cole will be taking on Kazuchika Okada in the next round <laughs> God in, in a ridiculous match. Yeah. Um, so yeah, enjoy that one, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that for a minute. But 
we do need somebody to take on John Moxley. Mm-hmm. And in our main event this week, and you and I are going to probably end up having it out here, um, Kenny Omega will be taking on Will Ospreay. Mm. Yes. A, a dream match oh, yeah. <laughs> amongst dream matches right now. Yeah, I mean, this match, man. It's got everything that you would want. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this one's really, really hard for me just because Kenny Omega, one of my favorite wrestlers uh, probably of all time that, mm. that I've seen. And I've only known of Kenny Omega for about a year and a half now. Yeah. But mm. even in, in just in that time, his the caliber of his wrestling just speaks for itself. You know, he, oh, he's just... high, high caliber. He, he's just one of the highest caliber wrestlers on the planet, right? Uh, but then on the other hand, you have Will Ospreay, who who is probably having the best year of any wrestler of any promotion. Right. You know, M- maybe even in the past, you know, 30, 40 years. Right, right. And, and one, one thing that I think is really cool is that Will Ospreay is, he's just perfect in the style that he wrestles in. Mm. He's just perfect. You know, the, mm-hmm. there's... There's no botches, no weird momentum. Like he, he just he carries a lot of matches on his back, right? Right. Whereas with Kenny Omega, obviously he's a fantastic wrestler as well. Yeah. But I think with with Kenny Omega, he has a knack for bringing out the best of other people, mm. uh, in, in a really really big way. Mm. And I, I think a lot of that comes down to just his overall just masterful like fundamentals and, and things like that. So. I, this one's super super hard and it in in all reality it could go either way if this match were to just you know happen out of nowhere like in real mm. life mm. um but going off the point that i said about kenny omega bringing out the best in other people i think that i think that ultimately uh boils down to this match going to will osprey interesting mm-hmm. very interesting and uh, i mean i'm not trying to be a you know cop out on here because this would be a, a, a wonderful match like of course. look if this main evented like the tokyo dome next year like it like you know, wrestle kingdom 15 special attraction match osprey versus omega God damn. like look like give them like half an hour and just like drop your jaw in amazement right right like that would be beautiful um but i mean again i'm not trying to cop this out Will Osprey's accomplishments alone this year, as far as like, like competitiveness and like his pedigree. Um, look, uh, never open weight champion. One right, one reign this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I current reigning IWGP, uh, junior heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Winner of best of the super juniors. Put on probably. I mean, at least five match of the year candidates in general. He he has my match of the year. Yeah, yeah. I I would say I would say that's very close. He 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 goes in to every match and gives it absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same intensity every single match. Yeah, and it, I mean, probably the best best of the Super Juniors finals match of all time mm-hmm. against Shingo Takagi. Um, that match doesn't get talked about enough in terms of the circles of best match of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a 45-minute classic. Um, 
again, Okada and Omega would, uh, or not Okada, but rather Osprey. See, I'm even putting they're Osprey, in the same caliber. Yeah, yeah they, they're yeah. All, all three of them are in the same caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way that this match would go, this would be a very dangerous match to watch. Yes. I think that both men would take a lot of risks. Um, but I think that Osprey would have an answer for everything that Kenny would bring him. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that Osprey is just in that nice middle ground there between junior and he's not quite junior, but he's not quite heavyweight yet. So he's like right there. So he's fast. He's flighty enough. He's technically balanced. He's, he's able to do a lot of really awesome moves in the ring. Mm -hmm. I think ultimately a lot of that would overwhelm Kenny Omega. Yeah. I I mean, uh, I will have to say, I unfortunately agree with you. Mm. Uh, I I would personally love to see Kenny uh, continue on in this tournament, but, um, I mean, there, there's not a worse person to be <laughs> to be matched up with uh, than Will Ospreay right now because he mm-hmm. is just literally on fire. Well, then I guess it's unanimous for 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 we, we've avoided the coin of doom for a week, Stephen. Oh snap! Oh snap! <laughs> indeed. So commiserations to Kenny Omega. Will Ospreay is advancing to the next round. Mm. Uh, so he will be taking on John Moxley in the semifinals next week. And Kazuchika Okada will be taking on Adam Cole in the B side of the bracket here. What a killer uh, tournament this has been so far, ladies and gentlemen. So do not miss Fantasy Warfare next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a we've got a Texas-sized episode planned for next week, Stephen. Yes. So put on your cowboy boots, boys and girls. This is going to be a hoot and a holler of a time. Yeehaw! Waha! No one says that here. No. No. No one says yeehaw. Really? Sometimes. I mean, it's very rare. We're not all, you know, riding horses and, no. and you know, kicking up our boots and everything like that. Yeah. I don't even own a pair of boots, really. Yeah. But uh, last last time I got my horse stuck on Mopac was just absolute scenes. It, yeah. It was it was horrible. It's rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving right along, ladies and gentlemen, to our final segment of the evening. Uh. You know, you know how this goes. You know, I, I do. I, I mean, I do. I put on my goggles. I put on my snorkel. Yes. Uh-huh. We, we, we strap in our oxygen tanks and we take a deep dive down into, of course, if wishes were fishes. I'm underwater. It's underwater. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you are new to Headlock Talk, if this is your first time listening, or indeed your last time listening to Headlock Talk, we play this fun little game called If Wishes Were Fishes, where we each take turns making wrestling-related wishes, and in turn, the other grades them in terms of fishes. Indeed. Uh, Steven, uh, I've actually got a wish this week. May I go first? Absolutely. Okay. So, if wishes were fishes, we have just recently seen this crazy uh, good three-way match on NXT TV between uh, Ciampa, Keith Lee, and uh, Finn Balor, where Finn Balor uh, ended up winning and became the number one contender for Adam Cole. Right? Um, So... That did happen, yes. That did. And it was a little bit um, outside of the way that I saw things going. I thought it would be Keith Lee, so that way you could get Keith Lee some uh, some more time, uh, some some more time in the limelight, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But it seems rather clear to me that since we're going with Finn here, 
that he'll have his match early, and then that makes enough room for, I guess, Ciampa to have his match in Portland uh, for the next NXT TakeOver. So we mm-hmm. might see Ciampa versus Adam Cole in Portland as opposed to at WrestleMania weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, if wishes were fishes, of course, my wish would be Tommaso Ciampa beats Adam Cole in Portland. Johnny Gargano beats Finn Balor in Portland. And then leading up to it, we have a DIY reunion. And at one point, they look at each other and Johnny says, you know, a year ago, I was supposed to face you for that title. And he points at Goldie and Ciampa kind of looks over at Goldie and he looks back at Gargano. And Gargano will say, I want you at WrestleMania weekend two out of three falls just like it was supposed to be last year. Mm-hmm. And that's what we get. Ciampa Gargano one last time at WrestleMania weekend. I like it. I like it a lot. Definitely. I mean, it. it it's such a sad, sad moment uh, that we experienced with when, I was uh, heartbroken. When, whenever Champa, you know, suffered his injury and had to take yeah. a take a step back. Well, and you're wearing this new his new dope ass shirt, like th- yeah. like that's a the, the the no one will survive shirt no with his face. Survive. Yeah, yeah. It's badass looking. Yeah, obviously a, a huge Champa fan here. Yeah. Well, and I'm wearing my Johnny shirt. Exactly. Actually. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes that that worked out so well. <laughs> I I didn't even notice that. That's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really like that wish. It, it was very sad that we never got to got to you know put the cap on on their storyline uh and i think that's a really good way to bring them up just because adam cole is a very formidable opponent to have champa go over on finn balor is a very formidable opponent to have johnny go over on and that's a very good way to make this match obviously the people who have been watching nxt for the last you know year maybe two years they know how big this match is but to to just say champa beat adam cole johnny beat Finn Balor now they're gonna have a match that's that's big and, and that's mm. a good way to make it feel big so I I really like that uh wish I'm gonna go ahead and go with the old uh headlock talk classic and mm. it give you the five uh elegant fire gobies ah thank you mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, an old throwback to the the fire goby has actually been making uh uh more rounds as of late here it's it's been a, a weekly uh, occurrence for mm-hmm. you here steven i like that fish it, it, it's, it's a, nice a very fish. nice fish it's got like a mohawk thing going on it's yes cool. it, it is quite quite the nice fish um and so for my wish yeah um, steven obviously we we talked about the uh lashley rusev lana storyline and, and how the uh the announcers really were just dead set on making the uh andrade zelina vega whole debacle that they're going through uh they, they were dead set on making it uh, pretty much the exact same storyline right mm-hmm. so i say why not okay uh go through that storyline with with the the same pretty much everything that happens with the uh Lashley Lana storyline but have it go down with Andrade and Zelina Vega and eventually end up uh with Andrade and Rusev uh getting married <laughs> wait what <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> if wishes were fishes wait uh, Andrade and Rusev yes so so all right hold on so we're going to do oh, oh, wait. <laughs> you go go over this one more time with me. I think I lost you here. So 
obviously you have you know Lashley being in love with Lana and Lana being in love with Lashley, right? And, and Rusev, uh, you know, just kind of being there, third wheel or whatever. Yeah, of course. Um, basically, how this goes down is swap, uh, swap Lana or swap Rusev into Lana's position, mm. right? So Andrade is in love with Rusev, right? Does that make mm. sense? No? Hmm. Interesting. You don't like it? Interesting. He doesn't like it. He doesn't <laughs> like it, ladies and gentlemen. No, I, I I find it to be interesting. I just didn't expect that turn there. Yeah, well, neither did I, really. <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of popped into my head. See, my original wish was uh, have AEW do some kind of, like, poking fun, right? Yeah. At at uh, at this, the total absurdity of the storyline, right? Yeah. A- and instead of that, I basically had WWE making fun of the absurdity of the storyline. Right. Like, you could have um, the, the librarians, you know. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on their names? There's, like, one of your favorite dudes. Peter Avalon? Peter Avalon Leva Bates. and Leva Bates. You could have the librarians have a love story. And then, like, you know, he finally asks her out or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she's like, oh, no, no, no. I, I actually have a boyfriend. Mm. We're actually getting married next month. Mm. And he's like, wait, what? You've never told me about this. Like, I thought, you know, you and I are, like, the only people who ever talk. Right. She's like, no, 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 no. My, my, my fiancé, he, he's, he's literally, actually, here he comes. And it's like, like, Wardlow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess a, a Rusev, um, Andrade gay wedding in Tampa sounds pretty fantastic to me, I would yep. say. Um, so, um, for that wish, um, I, I'm actually going to give you... don't you... have to give me any fish for that. No, I'm absolutely <laughs> going to give you fish for that. Um, because that's a beautiful wish, and, you know, I think it would make Lana look really foolish. Mm. Um, and because I like that... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to actually give you uh, seven princess parrotfish. Oh, snap. Yes. Seven of them. Yes. Uh, because even though Lana has been treated like a real princess by Lashley, it's all going to be for naught. I see. And she's actually a fish. She, <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> um, You're welcome. Th- thank you, Stephen. <laughs> um, <laughs> if wishes were fishes, uh-huh. right? Um Pack has been clamoring for Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. He's been clamoring for opportunity, and I can see, I can, I can really see uh, his, um, his his need and desire for something, something else to keep him busy. You 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 can't have a man like that in your company without giving him something, something to work with here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's this, there's been this kind of. Um, and I'm not trying to knock AEW, but there's been kind of like this weird flux of things, right? Where it's like he's like he's feuding with Adam Page and he's feuding with Kenny Omega and he keeps losing these feuds, but then they're continuing to go, but they're not going anywhere. Um, so he's kind of like I, I, I can get his frustration because I'm frustrated for him, right? Right. What you could do to fix this is create, and you know me, Stephen. What do I like more than just about anything in wrestling? Factions. Not quite. Well, fuck me. I don't know. Uh, tournaments. Ah, yes. I love a good tournament. This man does love his tournaments. I love a good tournament. 
Now, you don't have to necessarily do a tournament, but at the very least, we make an AEW international champion. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Not an intercontinental hmm. champion, an international champion. Hmm. Or maybe even like a television champion. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like the old school TV titles. And we make Pac the inaugural TV champion. Uh, he can beat whoever we want him to beat. Yeah, it could be anybody. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, it can be a four-way. It can be a three-way. It can be a tournament. Do something. But let's create a new TV title for AEW for your work rate uh, championships, right? Yeah, yeah. And make Pac the inaugural champion. Yeah. No, I mean, I really like that. I think... Uh, Pack would really shine in that kind of uh, atmosphere as well, and there's been a lot of talk online about people saying how AEW needs that like that mid card uh, championship, you know. And I think this would be a, a really good way to do that. Uh, of course, uh, any excuse we can have to have a tournament uh, is always <laughs> always welcome, in my opinion. Mm, mm-hmm. And I I think AEW has the capacity to, to do a tournament very very well. Um, so yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a tournament. It doesn't have no, to. I, be that, I would yeah. love for it to be a tournament, though. Well, well then fair enough. I mean, it's, it's your as, wish. As though, long so. as it's not an F and Rumble, like oh I'm, my God, I'm, yeah, I'm be perfectly okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Rumbles, man. Yeah. But yeah, great wish. Uh, Thanks, man. I, I love the the mid card championship. Love pack. So yeah. Um, let's see. Give you. Just going in my catalog of fish here. Yeah. You know. Uh, I'm gonna give you three great white sharks. Ah, I love a great white shark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They love you. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good, good, good. I can get a lot of good, uh, a, a good sizable return if I was to sell these great white sharks to some kind of that's true know, evil genius. I don't know if you're legally allowed to sell them. Well, I guess if you're doing business with a Evil genius. You yes. probably have some way to subvert laws. Yeah, I mean that would be, yeah. You know, I mean you would hold. It's it's yeah. It's not beyond my scruples. 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 Hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, Stephen, I believe you have one <laughs> final wish to close us out here of Headlock Talk. This I week. do indeed, and, and this one's actually a serious one. It's not. Ah, it's yes. not Lana Lashley related. <laughs> oh, damn it! I was um, really hoping. Yeah. So. Uh, just coming off the heels of TLC, right? Uh, very mixed bag of shows, or very mixed bag of uh, matches, uh, rather. Um, anyways, the main event, we had Kabuki Warriors with uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. And like I had said during our review, this match was going somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it had very good momentum to it. Um, not really sure what happened midway through there, but the match just kind of fell off a cliff for me, right? Mm. Um, however, if wishes were fishes... I would love to see another go at this match. Just mm. because I do think that Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair were having some fantastic chemistry in the ring together. I really do. Um, they were pulling off some really nice moves. Uh, and then, of course, Kabuki Warriors, they also have fantastic chemistry, very good momentum throughout their matches. Um, not really sure what happened with this instance in particular Mm. uh it just kind of didn't go anywhere kind of fell flat but i do think that these four ladies have the capacity to put on very very good matches and just based on where this match was going before it fell off if wishes were fishes uh they becky lynch and charlotte flair would have another go at the kabuki warriors i could see that for sure i think that would be uh I, i think that's deserving here i i don't think that we've seen the last of these two perhaps either um, though, I mean, they may 
very well try and set up Becky versus Charlotte for WrestleMania this year. I really don't know what the plan here is exactly, uh, but I would like to see this run back, and I'm sure the four of them would like to see it run back as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, so in that in that kind of spirit here, uh, I'm going to give you uh, four. Uh, white spotted eagle rays mm. uh, because yes uh, while this match was shocking um, I'm sure that uh, the next match would fly by in a breeze just like the this man spotted eagle ray this man king of segways over here. <laughs> uh, just have fun with words yeah well thank you for the fish beautiful beautiful well, fishes and, and thank you for your fish Steven. you're very welcome now, if you enjoyed this episode of Headlock Talk, and we hope that you did because we had a lot of fun making it, uh, we do ask that you uh, subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts uh, for Headlock Talk, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever. Yeah, please hit that subscribe button. And uh, if you want to do us an extra, uh, um, I guess, uh, favor, or, or you know, if, if you find it in your heart that we deserve it, uh, you know, uh, the best way to support Headlock Talk, really and truthfully, as of right now, we don't have any Patreon, we don't have any crowdfunding. We do this show currently for free. Uh, you know, just for the for the goodness of of the wrestling community. Uh, but we would like to ask that you leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Be it again, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Mm-hmm. Right, Podbean for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's my two cents on it. Uh, if you, uh, like the sound of Steve and I's voices and you would like us, uh, to maybe do a job for you as far as advertising goes for your product, you can always hit us up, uh, at headlocktalk at gmail.com. Again, that's headlocktalk at gmail.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we are on Twitter, of course, at headlocktalk. If you have, uh, um, uh, something that you would like to add to our conversation from what we've discussed today, fantastic. Hit us up there. If you disagree with what we said or, you know, you just want to say something nasty about Stephen or I, <laughs> keep that to yourself. No one wants to know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen, is there anything else? I think we got it, man. All right. I think we got it. Sweet. Well, I'm tired. You're tired. Let's hit the road here, man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's episode. We greatly appreciate all all the love and support. You guys take care. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for listening, y'all. Thank you, and good night. Later, y'all. Bye-bye! become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Calling all families. Discovery Plus has thousands of shows that will bring everyone together. Stream exclusive originals plus a huge collection of family favorites, all for just $4.99. Discovery Plus is the streaming home for the whole family, plus so much more. Start your free trial.